What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to From Tourist to Local, the podcast where I help you navigate your new life abroad and all the lifestyle changes that come with moving to a new country, leaving behind all the hassle and overwhelm. And who am I? I am your host, Mafe Salazar, a once tourist that became a local in Vancouver, Canada. So join me as I navigate the journey of going from tourist to local while having real and unfiltered conversations. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This has been a really fun season to do. Today, I have a very interesting guest. His name is Pat Creighton, and he is a polyglot, a language coach, a psychotherapist, and he is also the host of the podcast, The Spiritual Polyglot. And on this podcast, he dives into the magic of words, and because he says that words cast magic spells upon your reality and all have divine root, so I found this really interesting. And the reason also why I wanted to interview him is because he decided to speak multiple languages and I found that really interesting. Um, He lives in the UK at the moment, but he's planning a move to Italy in the next couple of months. Um, Sadly, we were not able to get into too much detail of that because our conversation ended up taking like a different path. But nonetheless, like it's... It's a really, really, really fun episode. So yeah, without further ado, here it is, Pat Creighton from Laidback Languages. Super excited to speak to you because I love talking about all things languages, traveling. Yeah, so I'm... I'm that's awesome. I love talking, period. <laughs> so that's why we're here today. Um, okay, so let's get us started. Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, about your love for languages, how that was born. Basically, just tell us your origin story. My origin story. Okay. My origin story with languages. So I studied uh, French at school. We had a choice at school. We could do French or Spanish. I think it's the case for most schools in England. Sometimes you'll have German thrown in the mix as well, but more often than not, it's French or Spanish. I chose French because I thought, well, France is closer than England. That was my kind of logic. And I loved it. I loved it. I studied it for years. How long did I study French for? Maybe like 10 years at school, Um, right up until our... A-levels, we call them in the UK, um, which are the exams you do between us, but I studied it supposedly into level. I did that and I remember my uh, results day, I got the worst grade, the second worst grade in the class, right? Very direct. I studied <laughs> French, oh my psychology and uh, physical education and I loved French and... Yeah, my French sucked, basically. Uh, The results were terrible. Um, But what I noticed was the guy who got, like, the top grade in our class, his French was also awful, you know. So I was there right at the bottom. I couldn't speak French. He was there right at the top, supposedly good at French, but he couldn't speak either. So I was like, there's something wrong here, you know. They're not actually teaching us the language. And 
the reason he was very good at French was because he's got a very high uh, IQ and he could memorize massive like paragraphs of French. I couldn't do that. I had to like learn the language properly to be able to like reproduce it. And so, yeah, it started from there. So a little bit of a villain story, to be honest with you. I was a bit annoyed about that. <laughs> I was like, there must be a way of learning a language. You know, I know it's not this way. I know the schooling method is 10. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's across the board. Like, I've traveled to a few countries, taught English in a few countries, um, including France, Spain, and, um, and Senegal, of all places. Um, and the methods are just exactly the same, and they don't work. So I kind of thought to myself, there must be a way of doing this properly. How am I going to do it? So I went on YouTube. Back in the day on YouTube, you could find literally anything. It was great. And I looked up, how do you learn a language, do you know? And came across a couple of um, polyglots, one of whom I've actually just, coincidentally, I've just interviewed for my uh, for my channel, for my podcast, uh, Richard Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, like hyper, hyper polyglot. He's I don't know how many languages he would say he speaks, but he's studied over 50, you know, so he's very, very like, wow, he's into language. And here I am thinking I'm just like amazing just because I speak too. <laughs> he's a, uh, yeah, borderline addicted, I'd say to it, but such a great guy um, himself. And there was another um, polyglot as well, who I found on, on YouTube and they just explained how they learn languages. And I had no faith that I could learn a language because I come from a like, monolingual background. My parents speak English, grandparents, English, 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 all the way through, you know, people around me all speaking English. But I was determined. I was like, okay, I'm going to try this, put my faith in these people and just, just try and do what they say. And I eventually ended up learning French and kind of worked and out my own methods and yeah, learned Spanish, Italian, and Portuguese. So this was all during high school, like your French, um, mm. like learning experience. Yeah. And then how did you move on? Because like now I was talking to you on Instagram as obviously one does when you're interviewing someone. Um, so now you speak six languages. Do you speak them all fluently? Do you consider yourself fluent in all six languages? And what are those six languages that you speak? <sighs> right, okay. A few different questions. So we've got fluency. <laughs> fluency first, like what is fluency it's completely subjective yeah. really i mean i mean let, let's define fluently as in yeah. you can survive in another country i would say okay survive in another country i, I reckon <laughs> i could survive in all of them the ones i speak I, I would i don't like using the word fluently honestly um mm -hmm. what i like to say is i i understand most of the language and I, I speak and I can communicate, you know. Mm -hmm. So I know that's not a very good answer to your question, is it? But it's important. No, it's great. It's important it's great. to say. Because <laughs> yeah. fluent. Yeah, so you speak the language so that you can communicate with other people and connect with other people in their native language. Because, like, that's also one of the things that when I was talking, you, your podcast says that it's like, or like, not your podcast, sorry. It's, uh, I think you have a post um, saying about like when a, uh, like it's really rewarding when when someone uh when you look into someone's eyes and they light up just because you speak to them in their native language so i think that was uh very interesting so that's why i wanted to bring it up and i think that's that's an amazing answer <laughs> yeah i mean that that's the reason i started learning languages really like going back to french quickly um 
yeah, a French girl lived on the road and kind of got to meet her and just speaking to her in a little bit of French and learning like swear words. These are the kind of places I like to start, right? With swear word and slang word. Yeah. The reason for that is you can connect with a person on just on a deeper level immediately. You see them like, yeah, their eyes do light up. That their, their like mood changes, their attitude changes towards you. And I always tell my learners like, don't neglect learning little bits of slang, even if it's early on. You can still learn a bit of slang because oh, yeah. that will get you connecting with the natives. That that sets you apart from the ones who just learn schoolbook French, for example. If you can throw in a bit of slang, mm -hmm. what you're saying to them there is you care about their culture. You know, it's not just you're not using them for the language. Oh, look at me. I speak French. How great am I? Do you know, you care about their culture. You want to like honor their culture and learning slang is just is. is That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, out of the six that you speak, so you speak, well, English is obviously your native language, French. Um, and what are the other four? Spanish, uh, Italian, Portuguese, and Malay from Malaysia. Wow, mm. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Which one is your favorite? Oh, what a question. It's like asking <laughs> someone to choose between their favorite kids, do you know? Depends on... <laughs> It depends on the day. <laughs> what is your favorite today? Oh, no, I can't even decide. English, because I'm using <laughs> it now, do you know? Um, okay, that's I, We can switch to Spanish. <laughs> I, I love... No, 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 we don't, we don't have to. No, 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 it's, we'll stay in English, we'll stay in English. But, oh, it's such a hard question. I, I love all of them. They all have different things, you know, different flavors. French... And because of the time I learned it as well, I, I went to France. Uh, well, I went to Senegal when I was uh, 19. And then, yeah, that same year, still 19, I went to France as well. Senegal for three months, France for five. So I was a, I was a kid, you know. I was still like an adolescent just trying to find their feet. So I, when I speak French, I kind of re-embody that like 19-year-old. You know, I feel like I'm 19 again. I'm like, I don't care about anything. Very like laissez-faire, you know, I don't care, whatever. Um, that kind of attitude. So I love French for that. I love the um, the slang in French as well. So there's something called verlan, which is a, a slang which doesn't exist in English. I think it exists in some dialects of Spanish, if I'm not wrong. Um, what does it mean? Verlon is it means à l'envers. So à l'envers, it means a uh, back to front, like reverse. So if you imagine à l'envers, back to front, à l'envers is verlon. Mm -hmm. So let's okay, une femme is a word a lot of people know. Une femme, a woman. Une femme is the normal way of saying it. Une meuf is the version in verlon. So it's like a type of slang that originates from Paris um, and apparently the prisoners and, uh, you know, the dodgy folk like that used to speak like it's those speaking codes. They would reverse the words and it's kind of evolved now. And there's a lot of Verlon spoken in Paris now. That's why I was like, around Paris. So I learned a lot of it there. Um, and it's cool because it's ever evolving. You can imagine you can switch any word. Do you know, and like the youngsters are doing this constantly here in the UK. And I think with every kind of country and culture, you've got like uh, the youngsters are the drivers of the, of the, the language, right? Yeah. 
like what what are the some terms in American like cap you know like no cap saying stuff like yeah or wrist or, or anything yeah, yeah. that's wrist is like a game or something like that yeah that's yeah that's yeah TikTok <laughs> generation is like the last couple of years yeah <laughs> so in France you... that's how I learn or my or my new words <laughs> from TikTok right yeah from TikTok yeah you get left behind <laughs> otherwise you got to uh with yeah, French you've yeah. got this but it's kind of like that on steroids because it's its own language it's got its own rules you know like that long anyone can make it up um but you've kind oh, of yeah. got to be sharp to to understand what they're talking about because they'll also they'll take like a slang word and then they'll put it into Verlon. and sometimes they do it twice they'll put it into Verlon once and then go back again it's really cool so I guess I don't want to say French is my favorite language, but it was my first love, so maybe French. But it, yeah, yeah, but yeah, maybe. But, it is. <laughs> but my girlfriend's Italian, so that's my kind of like love language. Um, I love Italian. Mm. She has a dialect from Sardinia, which is the island just off of Italy. She's from a place mm-hmm. called Cagliari, and the dialect they speak why well, it's a language in itself like um sardo is really cool as well like i really love that it's very close to like vulgar latin do you know um so it's kind of like going back in time when you speak it uh so i love that as well obviously spanish is just spanish is probably the most useful language aside from english yeah it's so widely spoken right but also the dialects and even in just in spain like i love the different dialects mm-hmm. of uh like from Andalusia, the difference between that and Madrid. Um, and then obviously all you got South. So you learned like Spanish from Spain, I'm guessing. Yeah, I lived in Spain. I lived in Spain for four years. Ah. I did uh, three years in Madrid, one year in uh, Alicante and near the South, mm-hmm. which isn't quite, it's not Andalusian. It's more like uh, Valenciano they speak is their dialect. So like Valencian, which is like similar to Catalan. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, my Spanish is pretty much like Castellano from Madrid, like yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if someone was to someone listening wants to learn a new language, what do you feel like? What advice would you give them for them to be able to succeed? Because like for you, I feel that you've cracked the code on being like learning a new language is pretty easy. Let me show you how. So like, what's the one advice that you would give them? Oh, if I can only give one piece of advice. Mm. I mean, I'll try. I'll try and like. Am not... I asking you hard questions? No, no, it's good. It's good. I'll just try not to waffle. This isn't my uh, bad habit. I waffle <laughs> about this for for hours. Okay, first thing I'd say to them: Why do you want to learn that language? Um, even to the people I take on, because I'm very, although I'm laid back, clearly laid back languages, right? Uh, and I think language learning has to be fun, has to be done with a, like a very childlike mentality. I say to them: Listen, this takes dedication. So give me your three good reasons you want to learn this language or we're not going to move any further with the process. Like, cause some people kind of on a whim, they're like, Oh, I want to learn a language. It will be nice. Do you know? And I'm like, it's life changing. Do you know? It, learning a yeah. language is a personal development course, especially as an adult. Uh, and we might get into that a bit, bit later about like the psychology of language learning and stuff. You've got to have three good reasons to learn. So I would say that's the first one. Um, get like emotionally attached to wanting to learn the language. Um, and then after that, 
I can't really break down my whole method into one, but it would be, it would be the <laughs> attitude towards it. Don't see it as a sprint. It is not a sprint. Um, and the more you can have that playful attitude towards learning a language, uh, the better you'll be at learning. I would say that. And if you can shrink your ego in the process of the, when you learn a language, you've got to make so many mistakes. Like it is the path, you know, the path to learning a language is mistakes. And we get traumatized from school, right? And we're led to believe that we're not supposed to make mistakes. We're supposed to be perfect. All of these things mm-hmm. with my clients, because they're learning as adults, right? Some of them are like 50 plus. Yeah. These, wow. All these things are like coming up you know all these like having to be perfect can't make a mistake don't want to look silly i'm like you gotta you have to look silly do you know there's no way around it you have to reframe like uh mistakes in general i i don't even see them as mistakes honestly um in the context of language learning i've got some personal development i need to do in other areas of my life (laughs) i'm trying to apply it's like mentality (laughs) but languages are for some reason it clicks with me and i'm like who cares? Yeah. Like, why are you learning a language, yeah. really? To communicate with another human being. Perfection, to me, doesn't enter that kind of conversation. Like, uh, if you're understanding what they're saying and you're being understood, you've job done. Do you know? Doesn't matter about yeah. your accent. Doesn't matter if you mess up a verb conjugation. Doesn't matter if you can't remember a word very quickly, which people get upset about. You know, or oh, they'll say things like, I know this word, or I should know this word. I'm like, Right. Let's just rewind like three months when you didn't speak any Spanish. <laughs> Number one, you have, yeah. really, if you think about it, you've got no right to be speaking Spanish. You know, you're an English person, you generations of English speakers. What do you think gives you the right to speak Spanish in that way? Like, ch- chill out. This is a gift. Do you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, advice wise. If they can have a playful attitude, number one, know that it's not a, no, it's, it's a marathon, but it's not a race either. Do you know, it's a, it's a personal development thing. They can frame it like that, but personal development journey, um, then, uh, yeah, you'd be grand, but, um, yeah, (laughs) I remember, I, I remember when I first got here, so I, well, obviously Spanish is my, it's my, it's my native language. And then I have been around English or like exposed to English is from a very young age. So I moved here and I went to, to like an English school because like, that's the way that things ended up like happening because of my visa, whatever. Um, and I remember that one of the things that they asked me, they were like, you like your English is perfect. Like, why, like, why are you here? Like, we don't even have a, like a level to put you in. Cause like, I remember that I was in class, like by myself. <laughs> Like not not trying to brag or anything, but I was like, honestly, like I just want to sound like a local. And now looking back and thinking about myself, it's just like I don't like I just want to have fun, like really with the language. And to this day, like I still make mistakes. I the, there are still words that I have no idea how to say, like your last name. <laughs> um and yeah, like I, I embrace that and like that makes me who I am and like people remember me because of either the mistakes that I make or how I pronounce mm. uh, some words. And that's really what's what's important at the end of the day that you make an impression on the other person and that you connect somehow, exactly. even if it is like them making fun of you, how do you say things? <laughs> and what you've mentioned there is is 
so true and people forget it because they want to like fit in or they want to not be seen almost and like your foreign mm -hmm. accent like makes you well i mean it makes you attractive you know like people love foreign accents we all love foreign accents but people get upset or embarrassed that they've got a foreign accent you know but it makes yeah it, it makes you 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 put a different flavor on the language and you you help out open up other people's minds as well you know you by learning a, a foreign language when you speak to native people and they know this is not your language mm -hmm. it's kind of you, you can inspire people from doing that and, yeah and like you said it's all about connection there's connecting with another human being connecting with yourself as well as well yeah. if you want to dive a little bit deep on it like it's a yeah it's all about a person's desire to connect to themselves to like to heal those patterns inside of them like um, those unconscious programs that then become conscious of like i'm not good enough or whatever that is it's about healing that and then connecting to other human beings using language as a medium mm -hmm. and you kind of end up yeah, connecting on a on a deeper level um that's why i love languages it's the connection <laughs> would you say would you say it's the most rewarding thing like about being a polyglot being able to connect with so many people from different nationalities languages backgrounds etc yeah i mean i get hits of dopamine from like realizing things as well so when i like learn a a language and I'll make a link between another language like oh that's why we say that you know oh even <laughs> with English I learned I've learned so much about my own language um especially from French because there are so many like French links like uh the word that comes to me is to ameliorate you know it's not a common word we use in English right to improve but we use yeah. it in like when I learn ameliorate I learned the word in French before I learned it in English you know It's, it's interesting like that and then funny little things that which will make you laugh as a native spanish speaker but <laughs> when uh when i was younger my mum used to make us a dish right my favorite one of my favorite dishes which we called chili con carne right chili <laughs> chili con carne and i used to spell that in my head i don't know how i used to spell it like chili con carne like one word with a y at the end like when yeah, yeah. Chili con carne, it's what it is I had no idea until I was in my 20s learning Spanish. I was like, oh, how have you not realized it's chili con carne with meat? And then, and then that opens up other avenues. I'm like, oh, well, now I know why they say reincarnation because you reincarnate into the carne. Um, it opens up so many different doorways in my mind, you know, it's just, it was just such a joy. Yeah. So I'd say that as well, um, connecting to those kind of things, um, learning new words is, yeah, really fun and rewarding. And the technique I use to learn vocab um, normally, aside from like repetition and using the words in context and doing lots of listening and other things that come with language learning, I will make up little stories. For example, what's a nice example? I'll try and use Spanish. Um, guisantes okay which you may not say in your in your spanish to be fair guisantes no uh, it means no that's, we... those are peas right yeah okay what would you call them yeah no <clears throat> uh in venezuela uh 
I think they're called vainitas, which is like green beans, right? Like, I, I think I'm, I don't eat them, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the word. So just an example, guisantes, because it's so different from the word peas, right? In French, it's kind mm-hmm. of easier. You got like les petits pois, and it's similar to peas. But guisantes yeah. is so different. So what I do is I take the word, and without thinking about the meaning of the word, okay, we'll leave peas, take peas out of the room, just listen to the sound, guisantes. What am I hearing then, guisantes? And normally, it'll only take the first kind of half of the word to trigger the memory of the word, right? So guisantes, well, we've got the word guis in English, yeah, like gancho in Spanish, that big ass mm-hmm. bird, you know, a scary thing. Mm-hmm. So I will imagine. Yeah. We have lots of those in Canada. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'll imagine, right, I'm walking in the park, okay, with a big bucket of peas, right? And all of a sudden, loads of geese are just like swarming around me because they want to eat peas, right? <laughs> I'm starting to panic, yeah? And I, I trip up and fall over and the geese go, and they go start eating the peas and I'm terrified and I run away, right? So that's the story. So it triggers the word geese because when I think of, I go, I'm speaking in Spanish, let's say, and I'm like, ay, como se dice? How do you say peas? And for some reason, I'll think of geese. You know, why am I thinking of geese? It's because I've kind of traumatized myself. I've placed a false memory, right, <laughs> of, uh, of these <laughs> me. Okay, geese, guisantes. And it comes back to me. Why am I thinking of geese? Ah, yes, guisantes. Okay, this is it. Um, and this technique I've kind of fallen in love with, you know, so I, I get a lot of joy using this technique. Uh, especially I'm a uh, counselor as well, like a psychotherapist. Uh, so I kind of use like, uh, how would I say it? I, I kind of play yeah. reverse traumatize myself, you know, so implant false, <laughs> put false memories in because I know how trauma works. I know how strong it is. You need an emotion. Clearly when you're traumatized, you, you wouldn't be traumatized if they weren't for a very strong emotion. So what you want to do is create an emotion. So in that story of the geese, for guisantes, the peas, I have to really feel scared. Yeah. I have to feel it. Or the whatever the emotion is, could be anger, could be joy, whatever like a strong emotion is. Make sure that is in the story as well. Um, and yeah, I just, yeah, I get so much joy from learning words like that so yeah there's that to language learning as well as well as the connections you make with people and the reactions you get off of people when they're not expecting you to speak their language that there's such a normally you get such a relief you know especially with the the spaniards when you're there you look full um giri we say in spain like uh, gringo you look like an absolute gringo you go into a shop or whatever and they're like starting to sweat they're like oh my god my english is not good there <laughs> and then you go and speak and they're like oh thank god and then you can speak. thank god yeah. yeah and that's so great as well um yeah so it's yeah connection isn't it yeah what about the most challenging thing about being a polyglot about being a polyglot like mm-hmm. i mean i guess mixing languages for me, because I speak all uh, romance languages, that that's a thing for sure. Um, I'll realize when I mix languages, uh, and I have a, a technique that I use to not mix them as best as I can. But yeah, it will be when I'm teaching a language. If, so, if I've just spoken 
in Italian with my girlfriend and that Italian is at the forefront of my mind. And then I've got to speak in Spanish. I'll have to listen to a bit of Spanish music or trigger like my Spanish character that I've built, which is very different from my Italian mm-hmm. one. Isn't that interesting just that you have like, I'm not saying like necessarily different personalities, but it's almost like you're two different people in different, well, like for me, again, like I'm not saying that I'm two different people, like one person in Spanish and then one person in English, but I feel like my personality like translates different in different languages. And I find that so interesting. Mm-hmm. So you have multiple personalities. For sure. For sure. <laughs> And do you know what? And that was, I've called my podcast the spiritual polyglot because uh, mm-hmm. I, I want to kind of have this conversation with more language learners and, and polyglots, right? Because for me, it was a, a catalyst to a, a spiritual awakening. Um, when I learned French and I was there thinking in French, speaking in French, having dreams in French, and I was speaking French and I kind of just realized this is a complete, fo- this is a fake, like, fake character that I've just created you know and it planted the seed of yeah oh sugar what about my uh my english character then surely it was created in the same way so who am i yeah i didn't have like a really deep spiritual awakening then but it planted the seed for me to kind of ask but if i've got this persona and now i learn more languages and i add another kind of persona i'd say that my my personality is the same um, but I wear different masks, you know, which is what persona means, right? You kind of put on a different mask. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, yeah, realized, oh, wow. I wonder then about the English persona, <laughs> do you know? Like it's it's a fair, it's a fair thing to kind of think and, uh, and consider. So it kind of triggered me going down a spiritual path and then obviously having studied myself in depth uh with the like counseling course that i did for four years which is intense yeah. and it's still kind of ongoing you've got to do a lot of healing work to be uh to be able to be a counselor um or a, an efficient one <laughs> you can be a counselor but to be like good you've got to do a lot of healing work so that's what i'm striving to striving to do you know um so kind of combination of those things led me down a down a spiritual path but um that's the only difficult thing i would say keeping on top of the languages as well a little bit because i'm a bit and i feel super lazy saying this because i've just spoken to a guy who yeah speaks 50 <laughs> languages or something stupid uh and he manages fine but for me i've got other interests um other than learning languages surprisingly yeah although it's my profession <laughs> it's something i love doing yeah i have other hobbies like um so i don't commit loads of time to language learning which is why i'm in a nice position to work with people who are who have normal lives right because a lot of the polyglots you see online um and this isn't having a go that's all they do yeah exactly that's all they do that's their thing you know they love it they love it and they're very good at it as well they have like a a knack for it they've been doing it for a long time um so to compare them to like a normal person who's got all of these like uh as I mentioned before, like negative subconscious programs that have not been healed, which come up when you want to learn a language um, with a normal job, you know, working like 40 plus hours a week, family and everything like that. Just the way the things that a normal polyglot would say just don't fit into their lifestyles, you know, which is why I kind of, I like being that kind of gap 
in the market, you know, and, and I also find it super rewarding helping these kinds of people because I get to do a lot of healing work with them as well, kind of under the cover, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> under the rain. Oh, yeah. So, so that was like going to be one of my questions. Do you think, well, because I find it really interesting that you, um, that your podcast is called The, the Spiritual Polygon, mm. I, I believe, yeah. right? So I find it really interesting that you combine this like learning languages with like spirituality. I'm also like a very spiritual person. And do you think that you can heal through words in different languages? Heal through words in different languages. Okay. Um, or by learning a, a new language. Yeah, okay. Because like you said yourself that you had like a spiritual awakening. By learning a new language, yes. That's what my kind of business is kind of starting to morph into actually because I realize I've got these specific skill sets and I can be of real mm -hmm. service to someone, you know. One thing is helping them learn Spanish, teaching them Spanish, which is great in and of itself. But being able to like use my therapeutic techniques and hold that space and presence for them to be okay with making mistakes for the first time in you know 50 years of life like it's a big it's a big thing it's a big shift for them uh, i definitely think learning a foreign language if you're looking for like a personal development course it's got everything you know if you're asking questions <laughs> even spiritual questions or or not even just like you've got this like a lot a lot of suffering a lot of mental suffering going on when you learn a language like if you learn it in a certain way i don't want to say properly because you know i don't sound like my method is the only way but if you learn it properly <laughs> like me <laughs> with your quotations exactly if you want to learn the language, if you do it properly it can be an amazing personal development course um and it will also help to slow down your thoughts you know it will slow down your thoughts because when you're thinking in when i think in malay for example which is the latest language i've, I've been learning it for a couple of years um, when I think in Malay, my thoughts are so limited, like it's harder for me to suffer in a way. And I wouldn't use necessarily use language as a replacement for therapy, by the way, because you could also use it as a, and I did for many years, unconsciously use it as like a bypass, mm -hmm. right? Cause it's a, you can escape, you can escape into a different world when you speak another language and you're not, I'm sure you get this with Spanish, right? Or English, if you've had a, having a, you've had a bad day in English speak to your family yeah i'm like i don't want, i don't want to speak english anymore just like my mind is in spanish but like it's really interesting because my day-to-day -day is a lot of english because like i work in english i communicate in english and if i try to like explain something in spanish of my day-to-day -day, it's like what <laughs> how do i do this in another language even though i know mm. i like but i have to like sit down and like think about yeah. like really what i need to like how to translate it because and I feel like that's the way that you know that you actually learn another language is when you think about it in in the language that mm -hmm. you want to learn, basically. Well, for me, it's like English. I like it's not my native language, but I most of my thoughts and everything are in English. And I read books in English. Like I find now that for me, it's like even though again, like Spanish is my native language, like reading in Spanish is sometimes harder than reading in mm -hmm. English. And that's like, that's very interesting in itself. Mm, yeah, yeah, of, of course. It's, it's the way in it. If you're using English in your day to day, like that's the language you end up like, yeah, thinking in. And then, yeah, talking about certain subjects are a lot easier in in, uh, in, in certain languages, you know. 
Yeah. So laid back languages. Um, how can people work with you? How do they find you? What exactly is it? Like, obviously, you you help them learn a new language. Uh, but yeah, how can people work with you? Um, again, and what's your approach? More important. So my approach uh, in brief is focusing on a lot of listening and speaking. I have been able to learn the languages that I speak just because and people often say, ah, oh, you're naturally good at languages, whatever. And I kind of knew like, well, everyone's naturally good at languages. We're made to learn languages, right? But there is something different about me. And it was just my uh, ability to listen. I actually listen to people when they speak. A lot of people don't listen properly. They'll already be formulating an answer to the question, or they'll be thinking about something else completely different. They won't be present, you know, with that person. Um, so I've kind of unconsciously un, like uh, unbeknownst to me I've been using a lot of counseling skills in order to learn uh, languages and these are the things that I'll teach to my students I'll teach them how to listen properly so you can basically go and speak to any native person they don't have to be a good teacher and you can suck knowledge from them because you're using these skills such as um, paraphrasing it's a really for me mm -hmm. and I've had to kind of um how do I explain this? Like uh, reverse engineer the things I do because it was also natural to me. I'm like, oh, people don't do this. Do you know what? Why would you not do that? <laughs> you know, it seems common sense. Yeah, and and that's where I'm, you know, trying to be like a, a a better teacher and make it simple. You know, the art of teaching is making something quite complicated, just simple, right? So that's that's something I'm trying to trying to do. So I, I teach people yeah. how to listen. Um, properly and yeah paraphrasing is a skill so you practice that skill as well and your brain kind of links okay so this woman yeah cansada you're learning the grammar yeah but doing it in a very natural like fluent way fluid way um so it does that so you repeat back what they say you paraphrase them and also you've got two birds with one stone there because you're connecting with the other person on a deep level yeah. If someone says to you, oh, oh, I'm like, oh, you're tired today. You know, you're like, oh, he's listened, do you know? And then chances are you're going to repeat, especially if you want the other person to learn, you're a good teacher or whatever. You'll repeat the new word or the words back to them. You'll say, si, sí, hoy estoy muy cansada. Um, porque da, 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 da. And then you'll go on. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting more information out of them. You're learning more words. You're repeating the words back to them. Uh, and you're, connect, you're creating a, like a real connection with them. And also, I mean, there's a lot to this. You're also kind of like in control of the conversation. You're taking it at your pace, right? A lot of people get um, overwhelmed when they're speaking to a native person. They kind of say, hola, como esta? Da, da, da. And then it all they'll get hit with like thousand words, like hundred miles an hour. They're like, Ugh. Yeah. If you, yeah. if you're the one saying, ah, and you're the one paraphrasing back to them, you're in control of the pace of the conversation. So it's just, you're creating a learning environment without the other person knowing number one, because that's the other thing I kind of warn against my students. I'm like, okay, guys, you want to make sure you're listening really well to the person and don't make them feel like a teacher. Because that is annoying as hell, <laughs> especially as an mm -hmm. English speaker, you'll know. I'm sure you've got like family members that are like, oh, teach me English, you know. You feel it's like, no. 
exactly. Exactly. You're like, no, it's sorry, no. It's effort. <laughs> it's not hard, but no. <laughs> no, but teaching is an effort. You know, you've got to be really like yeah. patient and you kind of put the teaching oh, yeah. in front of the conversation. You don't want to have that kind of relationship with a with an native speaker or even with your own teacher, although obviously that you pay them to teach you right so they're obviously going to help you and you can ask questions but i try and get my guys into the habit of making the teacher or making the person they're speaking to feel listened to and i try and coach them to be their own teachers because when you learn a language like especially as an adult if you've not got people around you kind of helping you, you you're on your own in the fact you are your teacher you can't go into a, an environment, even if you're paying a person to teach you. Worst thing to do is to go, great, and put all responsibility onto the teacher. It's so uncomfortable for the teacher. It's so like hard for them to like generate all that energy. Uh, if you think about it in terms of an energetic exchange, right? I say to my guys, listen, this is my passion. I love this. I want nothing more than for you to learn this language because I know how good it is and how amazing it feels. But I can only give you double what you give me. So if you give me 20%, I can only give you 40. You know, if you give me 50, I'll give you 100. If you give me 100, we're going places because I'm going to give you 200 tonight. So that's the way I always frame it to them and always try and encourage them to, yeah, become their own teachers and become independent learners, you know. I love that. This was an amazing conversation. I absolutely love having you on the podcast. Uh, where can people find you if they want to find out more about Layfit languages and yourself? Uh, you can go to my website, uh, which we change in fairly soon, uh, which is laybacklanguages.com. Uh, you can email me as well, laybacklanguages at gmail.com. On social media, I'm really active on Twitter, pretty active on Instagram as well. That's laidback uh languages you'll you'll find me on that um and youtube as well i'm posting my podcasts on youtube the spiritual polyglot is available on spotify and and a load of other podcasting uh, places um and on youtube as well if you want to see my face kind of uh talk about languages and yeah i'll be interviewing a lot of interesting people a lot of polyglots uh on there trying to get them to dip their toes into a bit of like spirituality and ask deeper questions, but most of it will be about languages. (laughs) And I look into the etymology of words, which is one of my other big loves on just the oneness of, of words and how a lot of words go back to God, basically (laughs) (laughs) preaching or anything like, cause I'm not a religious person at all, but yeah, if you study words deep enough, they go back to, uh, always talking about god um and oneness do you know and that is my kind of secret mission underneath teaching people languages is helping people heal and to heal is to to become whole that's what to heal means so that's my uh, ultimate kind of uh, mission but kind of on the slide because some people that's aren't like ready for it you know they want to learn spanish no, i will teach you spanish you know but also you're going to but also heal yourself <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. 
Well, Pat, thank you so much for deciding to spend your time with me. This was an amazing conversation. And yeah, I I can't wait to keep connecting with you through social media. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for listening to the From Tours to Local podcast. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it for you, share it on your favorite social media platform. And please tag me at Mathis Alasar so I can reshare it. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And don't forget to follow me on all social media platforms. I love to connect with all of you. I am on Instagram, TikTok, and if you want to support the podcast, check out our Patreon. All of the links can be found in the episode notes. Thank you again for the support and until the next episode. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.